0: Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. Heidi Christensen here with Realizing Genius Podcast. Today I have Becca Lewis from The Shift. Becca, I love everything that you do. Uh, Your work helping people shift their perception just goes right along with my philosophy of genius paradigm. Basically, how you have to see people in a different way. And So many of my subscribers, they are homeschoolers and teachers and parents, and they're working with their kids and helping them realize their genius. And in order to do that, a lot of times they have to shift their perception. So can you tell us a little bit about this shifting thing?
1: (laughs) It's like a shifting thing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's actually that for me, but I'm very biased, um, is the answer to everything that we have to shift our perception. Because if we stay in the perception or the way that we've always see things then nothing ever changes. And people say that in so many different ways. It's You could read it in every quote, like do something differently or see things differently or shift yourself, they say sometimes. But I just think that if we start there, we can probably solve almost anything. And perception is something imposed upon us, good and bad perceptions. So we have the right and we have the ability to shift that. So that's what the shift is all about is how do you do that? Why do you do it? Because you want something more or more better, said wrongly, but you know what I mean, um, than what we have. So that's what it's supposed to do for you is be able to say, I I want more. I want different. I want to be different. And you can do that with shifting your perception. How do you help your kids shift their perception? Well, I think that kids are more open to it than adults. They might not call it that though because because if you look at it, they like to play games and really playing games is a shift of perception. They have to be something else when they're playing a game. And I know it's not like when I was a kid where you went outside and you played football in the backyard and pretended like I was a big linebacker and I was only like 4'10". So, you know, <laughs> it didn't really work, but I acted like it did. And that fierceness probably helped me a little bit because I saw myself as bigger than I am. So kids are used to playing imaginary games, but they think that that imaginary game is just a game. Then you you walk away from it and you come back to real life. But I think that real life is a game or a story that we get to rewrite. And if the kids know that, they could shift that. I'm thinking of when my girls were little, I didn't homeschool, but I taught them stuff. One of the things I did was taught them ballet lessons. And both my girls, well, all three of my kids, I taught them ballet, but my son was past that at this point. And one of the girls was very able to see in her head what I wanted to do and just reproduce it in her body. So if you ever take any kind of sports or ballet, you know you can, oh, they look like this and she can look like this. And the other daughter didn't see that at all. It took her a long time to internally see what I was saying. Interestingly, the younger daughter became uh, more proficient in the end for a while because she had a stronger internal sense. It became her perception of herself and not my other daughter had to learn to get it to be her perception. She just saw what I looked like and copied it. So it was a start, but she still had to bring it back into her own story about herself, that she was graceful that she could learn things quickly so i used to say that to them you're look how graceful you are and you learn things so well so i was shifting their perception but not telling them that's what i was doing so that's one way to do it it's just the way you treat them which starts in your own head so you're talking about teachers and parents i couldn't say to myself oh my gosh, my daughters are never going to learn this. <laughs> because Then it was yeah. my perception. And then I had no way to reach them because I had this stuck thing and I didn't have this, but I would have had a stuck thing in my head, but that could carry on to anything. They don't know how to read. They don't know how to learn. They could say that to yourself and you have to shift that perception about the person before you can help them shift theirs. So that's the beginning of it, I guess. It's all within our own choosing how we see people. And
0: that is so true. I know. I mean,
1: the genius
0: paradigm is basically you seeing your child or your spouse or your friend as that genius and seeing them to look for that genius. And and it's so important that the parents start with that. And the parents learn how to shift their perception. They can't teach it to their kid until they do it. If a parent is or a teacher is having an issue with shifting their perception, do you have any tips or tricks or techniques that you could share to help them? About a billion. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite one? Okay, I do. I try to collect things, ways that you can shift your perception, because I think we have to do it all the time. But I'm going to assume that the parent or teacher is having a problem with their child or a child not doing what they're supposed to be doing in quotes, whatever that's supposed to be. And I would have to ask the adult to ask themselves, well, how do you see that person? What is your picture of them now? And be honest about it and recognize that that picture that they're seeing of them now is also being projected onto the person. So I know you've experienced that when I see someone look at me and I know that they're judging me because of what I look like or how I sound or, and then I have to learn how to just shut that off with myself. And I still sometimes don't very well, but kids don't really know that they're taking their cue from the adults and saying, Oh, that's how that adult sees me. So I must be that. It takes a while for all of us to learn to say how someone else sees me is not who I am, mm-hmm. but a child, that's what they're learning from is how you see them. So I think adults have to be honest about what they're projecting onto a child, theirs or someone else's. So if you project on a child that they have a weakness, then that child has a weakness. And then you start treating them like they have that weakness, which could be anything, learning, behavior, physical skills, anything, any kind of thing that they perceive as a weakness. as Soon as you project it on that child, that becomes their paradigm. <laughs> And yeah. it's hard to break out of that paradigm. As adults, it's hard to break out of that paradigm. So being honest and saying to yourself as an adult that's working with children or anybody, really, how do I see that person? And therefore, how am I treating that person? And then the tool. So that's an observation. So I guess I'm doing my one of my favorites, which is face and replace. So being really honest about the observation about who you are and how you're seeing that person. So that's a face. I'm going to face it. I'm not going to judge myself for it because we all have our own paradise that we approach the world with. And if we are prejudiced in paradigms that we don't know about, that we are constantly having to learn how to get out of. So once you face the fact that you see that kid like he's driving me absolutely up the wall because he does this one thing and I can't stand, and that you're treating him like that, now you have to replace that perception with a Better one, and that could be anything. But it could be a self-talk talk um, replacement. It could be he is not what I'm seeing. You could tell yourself. We know perfectly well in this day and age that perception rules everything. That I mean, quantum physics tells us. Everybody tells us. Everybody says perception is reality. But the problem is, we (laughs) got so. And then forget that that's the whole thing, that if we choose to shift our perception, we've chosen to shift everything. So the first thing you do is shift your own perception and you can make up something. You know, I know you and I talk about imagination all the time. You can imagine something completely different about that child. You could imagine you could look at them and say, oh, well, he kind of looks like an eagle to me. And then you can imagine him as an eagle flying in the air and what his grace, the grace. And you could say all those incredible things about how eagles see far away and they know things that you don't know. And you can imagine that about the child. You could give that imagination to the child. You could look at the child and say, what's the one thing I do like about this kid? You know. <laughs> and, and you can flip it around. You could say, oh, he's driving me crazy because he argues with me all the time. Yeah. All right. So he's a thinker. Mm-hmm. so why is he arguing with me what is he trying to tell me about himself for the world how does he see the world differently so you start approaching him like he has a gift that you have to learn about not you have to shift him out of his argument but well what are you telling me so you actually see you're back to shifting your own perception yeah before you shift theirs so yeah. I have to like that kid for the fact that he's arguing with me all the time so you have to find something good that you like. I used to tell my kids as they got older that if they got stuck, that they should pretend or imagine they're somebody else. So they had to make up another name for themselves and become Pocahontas or an Indian running through the woods, or it didn't matter what, just not be their name mm-hmm. so that they weren't the person that they're telling the story about, which is what we're doing. We're telling a story about ourselves. So they'd have to be another story and then come back to the problem. So there's always a solution. I think that's the bottom line, that there's always a solution. Every child, as you said, is a genius because we all are. It's just all covered up with stuff that yeah. the world has told us or we believe. Or... So face and replace. I think that's one of my favorite because it's easy for each of us to do it in the moment. This person driving me crazy. What could I like about him? Yeah, yeah. And then treat them like that about that, that thing, not the thing that's driving you crazy. So
0: yeah. That's one way. Yeah, I love face and replace. And that's so important to teach kids too. I mean, to teach them to look at their thoughts. And it's like, do I do I want to face them, face that thought and say, do I want this thought or not? And do I want to live out this way that I'm thinking? Or do I want to replace it and do
1: something different? Well, I think the key thing there is to remind them that those thoughts in our head, the loud voice in our head, I think the thoughts in our head, it's easy to tell that they are not the thought we should be listening to because they usually tell us something negative. Like yeah. you're such an, I mean, I just said it to myself about 10 minutes ago. You're such an idiot. Cause I did something. I went, oh my God, that thing's still there. But I did, <laughs> but I didn't say, oh, that's me. And that's the thing I think I've learned is that voice in your head that we all have, the negative thing that puts us in that box, that paradigm is not who we are. So when we discover something about ourselves that is not wonderful (laughs) or thinking things we know would probably be best not to be thinking. If we think it's us, if I think, oh, that's me, boy, that's hard to get rid of. But if I think, oh, that's a suggestion, That's somebody, an outside bully, a mean person. I used to tell my kids they were monsters that under the bed that they had to get rid of, like they could slap them and or shine light on them or shut them out the door or whatever. I say that to myself, too. So (laughs) just my kids. (laughs) But it's not me saying it to me. It's the awareness of your true Essence, like the genius within that is you. And that other voice is just getting in your way. So you're allowed to say, I'm not listening to that and I'm choosing something else. I think that's probably a key point is that not only are we allowed to, we should change those negative concepts about ourselves, but you have permission, you know, you have yeah. permission to change it. This is not the truth mm-hmm. of who you are or how it has to be. Nothing is. You have the ability to imagine anything and move towards that. So,
0: Oh, I like that. I like that.
1: Cool. With your books,
0: I know you have the imagination mastery. Is there a way for parents to use it and to share it with their kids to help their kids develop that imagination? I know kids have imagination, but many... Kids, especially if they've had a bad experience in the traditional school system, Mm. they might have a problem finding it again. So how could they use your book to do that?
1: Yeah, we are very bad about allowing kids to keep their imagination. We keep saying that's not real. You shouldn't be thinking that. You got to get serious and do the test. I know in this traditional school systems, it's become that way. It's like teach to test so you could use the book but it's funny that you actually you both have to use it because yeah. as we started in the beginning if you want your kid to have imagination you you <laughs> got to develop yeah. yours too so the book is really scheduled is really set up very i think very simply that you could just do these imagination exercises so if you did it with your kid and you allowed yourself to do that play outside of the seriousness of what life looks like which is Really, not, but we've got it into this thing. But if you, it's really set up so day by day you could have an exercise where you do together and you can imagine stuff. And I just want to say that um, imagination is a little bit different than visualization, which so I don't want people to put those two words together when they're thinking about it, which I love visualization. But the way I see it differently is visualization is taking something you or learning or practicing and visualizing yourself doing that very thing. So I know that in sports, they do that. I know when I was dancing, I would sit in a chair and visualize the whole dance that I had to do until I could actually see myself doing it. Yes, it's imagination, but I was visualizing something I knew it was measurable in a way. It was like I was going to get up and perform it. So I had to visualize it and see myself doing it. If I couldn't see myself doing it, by the way, I couldn't do it on stage either. I had to first visualize myself doing it so that in a sense is imagination. But I think of imagination is outside of what we know. So which is way harder than you think when you first start, because the first thing you say is, well, we know everything. Maybe I don't know everything, but the world knows everything. And if I imagine that this will happen, then it probably will because somebody will invent it, maybe. But did you imagine it first? Mm-hmm. So which is actually how everything has changed in the world. Somebody imagined outside of what we already knew. Somebody imagined that we could speak across thousands of miles well, see each other across thousands of miles, even though how in the world could you do that? They had to imagine outside of what the world knew in that moment. And that's what I think of imagination. And also imagining something impossible, really, like, well, a turkey is going to fly over my house and drop a squirrel onto it. And the squirrel's going to have wings and fly in my window and say, hi, Becca, how are you today? <laughs> so it's so, sucks. So, Some of that might happen. A turkey might fly over a house. A squirrel might go by my window, but I don't think it's going to have wings or say, Becca, how are you today? So you have to really go outside of what you think. And you might think, well, that's stupid. What use is that? Because we are so used to like, everything has to have a meaning and a purpose, which I totally agree in one sense. But if you don't, you will never get to the essence of things if you can't get out of the paradigm and the box that you've already started in. And everybody knows Einstein imagined outside of what he knew. And that's how we got to all those amazing things that we all just take for granted now, but he imagined it. He didn't visualize what he already knew. He imagined outside of what he knew. So that's what the difference is between what I I see as visualization, imagination, they go together, but we're talking about breaking paradigms. so they're useful. They come back in useful ways, even though they might seem frivolous. So yes, do it together. I guess that's the yeah. bottom line. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that I definitely agree. I know I have learned more homeschooling my kids and teaching my kids, being around my kids than I ever learned in a traditional school setting. And, you know, with two graduate degrees, I mean, that's saying a lot. That's I just, saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From what you've said, it makes me think that, okay, I have to have my kids imagine just outrageous things. The bigger they can imagine, yeah, the more things. Yeah,
1: the impossible things, the more that will be possible for them. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. That's exactly it. Because then the other things that are possible will start, oh, if I can imagine that, oh, I see a path I never saw before. That's a solution I never knew before because I was stuck in this is how it is and nothing is how it is. Everything is fluid that you can go back to quantum physics about that too. The wave and the particle, it's all fluid. So we're going to have to imagine in order to bring it back to a solid, what we call reality. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So as a parent and a teacher, bringing it
0: back to what you said earlier, seeing that child as an Eagle, uh-huh. you know, and, and having them fly and everything, it will allow me to see that child and maybe see solutions for that child differently than I would if I don't ever go to that imagination part. It definitely it. will show you solutions.
1: If someone said, well, I want to know exactly what will happen. Well, then you've missed the point. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> and neither do you. And if you try to make it happen that way, you haven't imagined <laughs> So we have to let go of how we think it is and go to the bigger picture, go to something more because there is definitely more for every child is a a promise and they are filled with something for each one of us, not just, you know, for us as our children, what they taught us, but they're a promise to the world. So if we just see him, this little kid that has to pass some tests and, be like every other child. We've missed the whole promise of that child. So, and ourselves, because I always have to come back to us. We miss the promise of who we are. And that child is in our lives because we have something for them and they have something for us. They're a gift to us. We are a gift to them. We don't own them. We're supposed to move them to a place where they understand more about themselves as they, as you said, and they will move them, us, (laughs) us. So we learn about ourselves too. So it's, it's an equal proposition thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now
0: I know, you know, with my five boys, each one of them is so different and being at, able to imagine their lives differently. You know, when I first started h- homeschooling and teaching, it's like, okay, this is what I have to share with them. This is what they have to learn. And when I was able to change my paradigm into imagining different things for them, it opened up the possibilities for me and
1: for them in just absolutely wonderful ways. You probably came up with really cool ways to teach them something you wouldn't have thought of before until you started imagining how they could learn about this by doing that. Oh, I didn't think of that before. And then everybody got more out of it than the standard way that everybody said you have to do it this way. There is no have to do it this way.
0: (laughs) No, there is no have to do it. I love that. Yeah. We've done some fun things in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So cool. So I know you also have classes because I've taken so many of your classes and the Imagination Mastery class, you are putting that up as a class that you can take. Anytime. Yes. I'm
1: working on it. Yes. Uh, The imagination mastery class, I think is one of the ones people keep asking for So yes, I'm in the process of making it so you could take a class, not just read the book, but take the class whenever you want it to. So yes. That is my imagination that I'm able to do (laughs) 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 that. Because before I started thinking about doing, I thought, oh, never in a million years am I going to do that. And then I imagined myself something more than what my little mind said, and now I'm doing that. So in in time, there will be one. But yes, lots of classes, which I love having you in every single one. So thank you. Yeah, no,
0: I love them. So where can people find you? Again, you give them your
1: the best. The best of them all. Well, there's two places really. Um, just the books are on beccalewis.com. So if you mm-hmm. just want books, you know, what does she have? Um I imagine fiction too. So there's stories, fiction stories that are about imagination. And both of these relate to each other. So you'll find both, but perception, U, with a U, like it's university.com has all the classes and the perception circle and joining a community. So if you'd like to hang around with other people who like imagining, that's the best place to come Yeah, we'd love to have you there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's awesome. And I love your books, your fiction and nonfiction. Thank you. Oh my goodness. And you keep coming out with even better ones. So
1: <laughs> I keep imagining myself getting better, and oh. I work at it. So you know that's another part. It's you can imagine, but then you do the work. So you imagine and you do the work, and you imagine and you do the work. You can't just imagine yourself into something. You interestingly enough, imagination also shows you the way to do the work, but in a way that feels right to you and and allows you to do something that you thought you could never do, and that's but then you do it. You don't just sit on the couch and go, imagine that, I, no, that's not it. It's imagine, and let's do something about what I just thought, saw and learned about myself, which is what you're yeah. doing as a teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to take
0: that step. And as a teacher, I mean, oh my goodness, you just take the imagination and have them apply it to their language arts lesson. Yes,
1: oh yeah, yeah. and realizing that, most of what's going on, especially as a writer, this is something I, I say as a writer and talking about language arts is like, it's maze any artist of any kind realizes at some point what you're doing has nothing to do with this, this ego mm-hmm. personality, you've tapped into something else and that's what you get to be part of. And just that part of that is just releases anybody's genius. If you start tapping into that, you've found your, I know they call it the flow, but you mm-hmm. can do it with anything. So yeah. yes, that's what it is. It's getting out. It's finding that place where you actually exist to do the work that you want to do because you're a genius and you should be doing it Yeah, <laughs> and doing that gift out in the world. Yeah,
0: it can start with the imagination. Absolutely. Starts there. Awesome. awesome. Well, Becca, thank you so much for being with us today. And I will have links below for your websites and also to find your great books.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. I love talking about this. I, you probably can't tell. But thank you for giving me, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for giving me a chance to talk about it. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Realizing Genius Podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.